0: Part two, Chapter Three of Canada's Hundred Days with the Canadian Corps from Amiens to Mons, August eighth through November eleventh, nineteen eighteen. This is the LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Canada's Hundred Days by John Lively. Part two, Chapter Three, Operations, August twenty sixth through August twenty seventh the attack on the morning of august twenty sixth was to be launched by the second canadian division major-general sir henry e burstall on the right and the third canadian division major-general l j lipsit on the left with a total frontage of six thousand yards the jumping-off line began at the sugar factory just south of nouvelle vitasse passing north through that village then a little east of telegraph hill across the arras-cambry road divisional boundary just east of Toleles les Mofolins, thence northeast to the scarpe river at famrox north of which the line was taken up by the fifty-first division for the purpose of this operation placed under orders of the canadian corps commander this famous Highland division as part of the twenty-second corps had been through all the hard fighting on the marne in july and had good reason to be a little battle weary to protect the flank of our third division the fifty first division was to advance towards mont pleasant and Ro. on our right the seventeenth corps the left corps of the third army during the offensive of the preceding week had advanced its line well forward of our right flank to the outskirts of crocelles whence its front trended back northwesterly to join up with us at nouvelle vitasse this corps was to follow up any advantage the canadian corps might gain on the previous night saturday august twenty fourth our second division had secured a better jumping-off line by advancing its outposts into the western edge of nouvelle vitasse pursuing this advantage by capturing the sugar factory and some elements of trenches south of the village the original design was that our two divisions should push their attack due east but after the battle was initiated this was changed the Cambri road being made the divisional boundary line the direction being southeast the first task set for the second division was the capture of chapel hill and it was then to work south through the old british support system and join up with troops of the seventeenth Corps on the right on the northern end of Wancourt spur the object being to throw a dragnet around the enemy troops in their forward area toward nouvelle vitasse the left of the division was to push forward simultaneously and capture the southern end of monche les The third division was to capture Orange Hill first and then pass on to the attack on monche les Both divisions were to exploit their successes as far as possible. After mature consideration, Zero Hour, which had been originally set at 4.50 a.m., was changed to 3 a.m., says Sir Arthur Currie in order to take advantage of the restricted visibility produced by moonlight and so to effect a surprise the attacking troops would thus pass through the enemy's forward machine-gun defenses by infiltration and be in position to assault at dawn his line of resistance on the eastern slopes of orange hill the initial assault was to be supported by seventeen brigades of field and nine brigades of heavy artillery throughout the arras-cambrai operations the artillery allotted to the canadian corps was at all times adequate varying at times in accordance with the tasks assigned in the operation against the dorsoitkling line the attack was supported by twenty brigades of field and twelve brigades of heavy artillery the following troops were attached to the canadian corps for the operations fifth squadron r a f third brigade tank corps about forty five tanks to a brigade as a result of lessons learned during the Amin's operations it was laid down as a general principle that tanks should follow rather than precede the infantry the third tank brigade was asked to supply if possible nine tanks to each attacking division each day and the necessity of exercising the greatest economy in their employment was impressed on divisional commanders on august twenty-sixth at three a m the attack was launched under the usual artillery and machine-gun barrages it made good progress the village of vanchet le being entered early in the day after a very brilliant encircling attack carried out by the eighth brigade brigadier-general d c draper the trenches immediately to the east of vanchet le were found to be heavily held and were not cleared until about eleven a m by the seventh brigade brigadier-general h m dyer guantomp was captured at four p m and woncourt tower and the top of hennel ridge were in our hands at ten forty p m the defenders of the latter feature fought hard but eventually succumbed to a determined attack delivered by the sixth brigade brigadier-general a h bell under cover of an extemporized barrage fired by the second canadian division artillery brigadier-general h a Panette. during the night this brigade captured in addition egret trench thus securing a good jumping-off line for the operation of the following day the situation along the arascambri road was at one time obscure following a change in the interdivisional boundary ordered when the attack was in progress a gap occurred for a few hours but it was filled as soon as discovered by the canadian independent force the enemy fought strenuously and several counter-attacks were repulsed at various stages of the fighting three german divisions being identified during the day and more than two thousand prisoners captured together with a few guns and many machine-guns North of the Scarpe, the 51st Highland Division had pushed forward east of the chemical works and Garvel without meeting serious opposition. Our average advance the first day was about six thousand yards, covering what had been the sharp enemy salient, thrust to within two miles of us into a fairly uniform line projected forward by our two divisions on our right to within a thousand or fifteen hundred yards of the old German front line, and on our left, south of the Scarpe at Pelves actually a little over that line, thus giving us virgin territory he had held since nineteen fourteen. It was an auspicious beginning. On our right, the seventeenth Corps, after some delay, had conformed to our advance through Henel, but on our left, north of the Scarpe, the situation was not quite so satisfactory, for the fifty first Division had orders to cooperate but not to attack, and during the day did not advance more than a thousand yards on the river, thus being at least as much behind our men who had established themselves in the western outskirts of Belvès, although the task of our second division was not so spectacular as the work allotted to the third division on their left it was far from easy the enemy alert to meet attacks already developing in this sector had pushed forward reinforcements our advance developed well along the cambry road but when our troops sought by a turning movement to link up with the seventeenth corps the fighting became very severe each ridge providing a separate battlefield and already the enemy was showing what lay in store for us when his main line of resistance was reached on the right the sixth brigade brigadier general a h bell attacked with the twenty ninth battalion of vancouver on the brigade right and the twenty seventh battalion of winnipeg on its left these battalions pushed forward due east on each side of nouvelle vitasse the twenty-seventh swinging around and closing in on the back of the village, and then continued the advance to Wancourt village, which was taken on schedule. Meantime, the twenty-ninth battalion had swung off at right angles in an endeavor to secure contact with troops of the Third Army. This difficult maneuver was well carried out; a number of prisoners and guns being captured in Nouvelle Vétasse, advancing to capture Wancourt Ridge. Both battalions were held up by terrific machine-gun fire and proceeded to make good a line of defense. The 31st Battalion, Southern Alberta, and the 28th Battalion, Regina, now came up in support and with aid of an admirable shot put down by the 2nd Division artillery. The ridge was finally cleared and one-court tower captured at half-past four that same afternoon. That night the brigade pushed forward and captured a line of trench ahead to furnish the fifth brigade with a good jumping-off line next morning the right battalion of the brigade was obliged to build up a flank to the south as the british troops had not come up meantime the fourth brigade brigadier-general r Rennie, on the left of the sixth brigade after storming chapel hill had pushed on south of the Cambri road with bretnall's brigade now on their left overcoming heavy opposition at grampaia and along the swampy valley of the Cajol. 4th Brigade attacked at 3.20 a.m., and by 6 a.m. had reached its first objective, the 21st Battalion, Eastern Ontario, on the right, and the 20th Battalion, Central Ontario, on the left. The final objective was reached at 7.30 a.m., with Guentamp captured later by the 21st Battalion. The 19th Battalion, Central Ontario, and the 18th Battalion, Western Ontario, now came up in support, and by 7 in the evening the line had been carried forward to the northern slope of the Hanel Ridge on our left on the third canadian division front the dramatic feature of the day was the capture of manche le pro the commanding height known to every soldier on the array's front and this brilliant exploit is deserving of description in some detail the attack was entrusted to the eighth brigade brigadier-general d c draper at zero our artillery put down a heavy rolling barrage moving forward at the rate of a hundred yards every four minutes on the enemy's front line and defenses in conjunction with defensive barrages designed to prevent the enemy bringing up reinforcements the fifth fourth and second canadian mounted rifle battalions jumped off exactly at zero following closely upon the rolling barrage at twenty-five minutes past five when visibility was good the first canadian mounted rifle battalion western manitoba and saskatchewan passed through the fourth and second canadian mounted rifle battalions on our left attacking the enemy positions between the Scarpe River and the northern slopes of monchais le The attack was pressed with vigor, and by seven o'clock, our men had accomplished their tasks, and the final objectives were in their hands. But they did not stop until they had advanced some distance further east. The right flank swung around behind monchais le joining hands at eight o'clock with the fifth Canadian Mounted Rifles, Eastern Townships, which had attacked on the right, capturing Orange Hill and then drifting parties, up to the southwest of the village seeing themselves thus cut off from support the garrison surrendered during the advance our troops encountered and overcame stiff resistance chiefly machine-gun fire and particularly from the village no sooner were they in possession of the hill than the enemy turned upon it a furious bombardment with trench mortars and heavy guns at eleven o'clock units of the seventh brigade passed through the line and pressed on the advance leaving the fifth brigade to consolidate the position they had so gallantly won in this brilliant encircling movement the first canadian mounted rifles inflicted severe casualties on the enemy besides capturing a large number of prisoners several heavy and light trench mortars a great number of heavy and light machine guns together with two seventy seven millimeter guns fell into their hands there remains to be recorded a notable personal exploit after the encircling movement was completed but while the enemy still held the hill crowned with the ruins of manger le Lieutenant Charles Smith Rutherford, fifth Canadian mounted rifle, a native of Colborne, Ontario, went forward alone to reconnoitre some distance ahead of his assaulting party. Entering the outskirts of the village, he walked straight into an enemy machine-gun section, holding a pillbox, but which was not looking for an attack from that quarter. Surrender, he cried, without a moment's hesitation. Though covered by enemy rifles, you are completely surrounded, and our machine-gunners will open fire on you if you do not surrender immediately. The enemy officer disputed the fact and invited Rutherford to enter the pillbox, but this he discreetly declined. There was a moment's discussion, and then the German officer said they would surrender. You have another machine-gun further up the hill. Order them to surrender, or we'll blow them to bits. And they did. The entire garrison, consisting of two officers and 43 men with three machine-guns, surrendered to him his men then coming up lieutenant rutherford observed that the right assaulting party was held by heavy machine-gun fire from another pill-box this he attacked with a lewis gun section and captured a further thirty-five prisoners with machine-guns thus enabling the party to continue their advance orange hill west of le leprez was covered by a strong enemy trench line and some of the numerous dugouts were not mopped up thoroughly as our infantry pushed ahead father james nicholson of kingston ontario chaplain of the fifth canadian mounted rifles went over with his medical officer and stretcher-bearers after the infantry coming to a dugout the padre shouted down don't shoot cried a wash officer we surrender and up-thumbed seven officers and forty men piling their arms but where are your men asked the leader looking around suspiciously never mind prepare to go to the rear they began to whisper together at this moment the m o arrived with his stretcher-bearers but all unarmed that is quite enough from you one word more and off goes your block he said walking up to the Bosch. fortunately at that juncture two of our men with rifles came up shoot the first man that opens his mouth said the m o captain h b mcgowan and they marched off to the rear after passing through the eighth brigade the seventh brigade had very stiff fighting along the valley of the scarpe and also towards the buis du and the Buis du start from which the enemy launched heavy counter-attacks during the course of that afternoon and evening but these were beaten off and our line consolidated for the attack next morning the attack says the corps commander was renewed at four fifty five a m on august twenty seventh by the second and third canadian divisions in the face of increased opposition under a uniformly good initial barrage the second Canadian division pushed doggedly forward through the old German trench system, where very stiff hand-to-hand fighting took place, and crossed the Sensee River after capturing the villages of Chasse and vis en The third Canadian division encountered very heavy opposition, but succeeded in capturing Bois du Vert, Bois du Sart, and reaching the western outskirts of Hancourt, Remy, Berry Notre Dame, and Belvis. The enemy throughout the day pushed a large number of reinforcements forward bringing up machine-gun units in mortar lorries in the face of our accurate field and artillery fire hostile field batteries in the open firing over open sights showed remarkable tenacity several remaining in action until the personnel had been destroyed by our machine-gun fire our casualties were heavy especially on the second canadian division front and after discussing the situation with the g o c second canadian division and taking into consideration the uncertainty of the right flank of this division the operations were after five forty five p m restricted to the consolidation of the line then reached east of the Sensee river north of the scarpe the fifty first highland division had pushed forward and gained a footing on greenland hill but were forced to withdraw slightly by a heavy german counter-attack during the night of august twenty seventh and twenty eighth the eighth division seventh corps took over the northern half of the 51st Division front. As the enemy was still holding Pluvian and the high ground north of the Scarpe, the 3rd Canadian Division had been compelled to refuse its left flank, and the front now held by the division was increased from about 3,700 yards to about 6,000 yards. The fact was that while during this day the Canadian Corps advanced a maximum of about 4,000 yards along the Cambrai Road, there was no corresponding advance by the british troops on either flank particularly on the north where the failure to hold greenland hill was a sad loss as enemy batteries on this elevation directed at us an enfilade fire throughout this and the following days the situation was very clear to the onlooker on top of Le librau at times itself a warm spot the main supply of ammunition for both our division was along the Iris cambrai road and this was subjected to a harassing fire along its entire length several ammunition lorries were hit south of monchet and casualties were suffered by our advance dressing station in that vicinity all the fire coming from the north right across the supports of our third division on our right the second canadian division had a hard day of it right from the kick-off the attack was made by the fifth brigade on the right which during the night had relieved the sixth brigade and the fourth brigade on the left immediately south of the Raris Cambrai Road. The 5th Brigade had a terrible grueling, fighting its way through a dense maze of trenches and wire, and with its right flank in the air, all its battalions were engaged and lost very heavily, these being the 24th, recruited from the Victoria Rifles of Montreal, the 22nd, French Canadians, the 25th, Nova Scotia, and 26th, New Brunswick. Lieutenant Colonel W. H. Clark Kennedy, of the twenty fourth enlisted at Montreal, showed this day conspicuous bravery and brilliant leadership. He led his battalion with great bravery and skill from Crow and Argent trenches in front of Wancourt to the attack on the Francis Roy line. From the outset, the fifth brigade, of which the twenty fourth was a central unit, came under very heavy shell fire and machine gun fire, suffering many casualties, especially among the leaders units became apparently disorganized and the advance was checked appreciating the vital importance to the brigade front of a lead by the center and undismayed by annihilating fire lieutenant colonel clark kennedy by sheer personality and initiative inspired his men and encouraged them forward on several occasions he led parties straight at the machine-gun nests which were holding up the advance by controlling the direction of neighboring units and collecting men who had lost their leaders he rendered valuable services in strengthening the line, and enabled the whole brigade front to move forward. By the afternoon, very largely due to the determined leadership of this officer in disregard for his own life, his battalion, despite its heavy losses, had made good the maze of trenches west of Chersey and Chersey village, and crossed the saint bed and had occupied the Occident Trench in front of the heavy wire of the Franchise-Révoix line. Under continuous fire, he then went up and down his line, until far into the night, improving the position, giving wonderful encouragement to his men, and sending back very clear reports. On the left of the second Canadian division front, the fourth brigade had equally hard fighting. It captured Vizenetrois and the arras-cambry road early, but it was unable to cross the sensee river until late in the day. Undeterred by their losses, these fine Ontario units fought their way literally step by step until they had made good the east bank of the sensee. The fighting was very bitter in character, and the 21st Battalion in particular was little inclined to mercy after a Boche prisoner had shot down one of their officers. From Manchet it was clear that a stern battle was in progress up over the high ridge from Wancourt and Guimap, and then down into the valley of the Sesame River, through the strongly fortified village of the Christiane Vicin Artios. From the opposite slope the enemy poured in a terrific fire, and from time to time, he threw in counter-attacks with his infantry it was slow and expensive work but it was virtually necessary to unmask the francis robley line the last line of resistance which lay between us and our immediate goal the drott court switch itself an integral part of the Hindenburg system equally intense but of a different character was the fighting on the front of the third division on our left we were now fighting in the no-man's-land of nineteen seventeen and the ground was everywhere torn up by shell-fire and littered with old wire the seventh brigade had carried the line overnight in front of the bois du vert and bois du sart two woods crowning twin heights a thousand yards apart north and south Monchet being two thousand yards west a thousand yards northeast of bois du sart lies jigsaw wood with hatchet wood between the ninth brigade took up the attack at zero hour the immediate objective being these two woods and, if possible, the advance was to be pushed into the Baret Notre Dame, a mile further east. The two woods were taken in the first rush, but the enemy, meanwhile, had brought down heavy reinforcements from Douai and counter-attacked three times in succession from Jigsaw Wood, compelling us to refuse our left, which here, as already explained, exposed a long flank to the north. In order to cope with the resistance, it was determined to lay down a hurricane barrage on Jigsaw Wood and for this purpose four brigades of field artillery and a dozen batteries of heavy guns were concentrated on orange hill and opened fire simultaneously as luck would have it the enemy had just pushed in strong supports to their troops holding jigsaw wood and the slaughter was very great our bombing planes flying over the wood at the same time added to the destruction and confusion the enemy however had a strong second line of defense and both booyor and jigsaw wood remained in his hands this day on its right however the third canadian division succeeded in advancing its line north of the Cambrai road abreast of our second division at visan artois the battle was intensifying as it progressed but there was harder fighting yet to come End of part 2 chapter 3 recording by mike bendetti canyon city colorado mike com